Welcome to On the Couches. I'm Jeff Price, and I'm so honored to have you here with us. It means the world to me that you've joined us. And listen, if you haven't done so already, would you do us a favor? Would you hit subscribe? It totally helps us understand what's happening and who's engaging with our content. Now, I am so pumped. On the Couches is all about having a conversation about the Bible, looking at this ancient text that was written thousands of years ago, and then figuring out how does it actually have application to our lives today? Does, does it actually matter in today's culture? And so we have a lot of fun here talking every week about just biblical passages or things that are happening in culture and how we as biblical people need to respond to them. And so I'm so pumped today. I've got with us two people. I've got Jonathan Brownlee. He's a, a regular on our podcast. He is our communications pastor here at Movement Church. So awesome to have you, John. And then I've also got the one and only Justin Schwinn. The one and only. The one and only. I think you're the only one. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. But he is our... His schedule is pretty busy, his schedule's... so we got him on. <laughs> yeah, it was big yeah. to get him. We had a book at Long and Events like last night. Um, <laughs> but Justin is our student ministries pastor here, That's so right. he's working with all uh, the next generation. And we're so yeah. pumped. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be releasing a podcast with him and some of our yeah. students wrestling through what do Gen Zs, what does the next generation mm-hmm. actually want from church what are they looking for what do they need yeah. where are they struggling it's going to be a really fun conversation so. so that's coming up I can't wait. but today we are going to have some fun we're going to to dive deep pretty quick and get into a pretty uh potentially controversial conversation uh we're going to talk about something that's taking place over this past weekend uh of when we filmed this Little Nos, a rapper, a hip hop artist, uh, best known for Old Town Road. Old Town Road, right? Is probably the number one. Which is yeah. which is great. Him and um, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, right? Oh Put out yeah, a, a that's Country right. hip hop song. Now Billy Ray Cyrus to me is still always going to be aching, aching breaking breaky heart, heart yeah. right? Like that's old school. <laughs> but come on. Uh, but he decided to go all thug out with Little Nos uh, two summers ago, I believe. And it Isn't actually that old now. Yeah. And it wow. sat on number one for the most consecutive weeks and kicked out Mariah Carey, who'd had that for 25 years. And they, Billy Ray Cyrus and Little Nas, hold that title now. That's crazy. Of the longest number one hit. But what he did, uh, he's releasing, a, he released a new song that dropped just a couple of days ago. Uh, he released a new song. And in order to promote that new song, he worked with a company called Mischief, uh, where they actually released a set of shoes. So they mm-hmm. took a pair of Nike uh, Air Max 97s, I believe is what it was. I think so. Uh, and they artistically developed 666 shoes uh, that he has called Satan shoes. And on these shoes, they have they've put on a the Bible passage, Luke 10, 16, where it says that... God kicked Satan out of heaven or Satan fell out of heaven. They put on a um, the satanic symbol. Pentagram. 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 I was forgetting what that was. The satanic yeah. symbol. Uh, they put an upside down cross on it. And every shoe has a drop of human blood in it. So this obviously went viral, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it went crazy. Obviously, he's advertising these as satanic shoes. Now, Justin, you're you're more fashionable. You're you're younger than I am. You're you're in the the era where spending big money on shoes is, yes. is makes sense. Um, tell me, just kind of your thoughts about these shoes from from what's yeah. happened and what you know, talking to your 
your peeps. In Absolutely. The, is yeah, that still really, cool? Peeps? Is that still out of peeps? Yeah. Uh, sure. sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even, I can barely keep up with the words that are cool. It's hard, right? So, yeah, it's so interesting. Shoe culture is an interesting thing in general. It's blown up. It's become, mm-hmm. you know, even just people buying used shoes. Like, I don't understand. And the resale value is insane. And the preachers and sneakers, yeah. you know, era on Instagram, which is an Instagram page. And so it's this, this, this thing. I'm right? so insecure to wear my, you know, $10 Adidas shoes oh, here that I've got. You know, honestly. Show up on preachers and sneakers. Like I always liked shoes, but and I like them a lot now. But growing up as a teenager, I didn't care that much about my shoes. But now, like if you think of your kids and like the students, like they care a lot about what their shoes and they're always showing off their shoes to each other, right? So it's interesting to me. I think the biggest thing with all of this is that you have to recognize that he's just trying to get some clout, right? You have to recognize that. You know, I don't agree with what's going on with them, but this guy is chasing fame. And he's getting it actually a lot of, through these different Christians and the outrage. Well, and that's he's, he's combined it, combined two cultures in one, right? You know, rap, hip hop culture, yeah. and then sneaker culture, right? And those are like there's obsessive fans, and yeah. he's he's monopolizing. And then you that. mix that in with religion, exactly, right? Yeah. And it just it becomes this really heated thing. So it's interesting. Like I'd be curious to know. I haven't had much chance to talk to students what they think about it. I'd be really curious to see what some of the thoughts are on high schoolers. Like I would guess that most of the students involved in our student ministry would think like, "Oh yeah, those are those are ridiculous." He's obviously trying to promote something that we don't agree with, and especially the drop of human blood in them. Like that is crazy. Like what? I'm like, who volunteered for that? Just like, yeah, like the what? It's crazy. It's nuts to me. But I'd be really curious to really sit down, and I think I'm gonna do that and debrief with some of these students being like, what do you think about all of this, right? Because, and, and it's important to note that the same company that is making these shoes, the Devil Shoes, last year released Holy Shoes. Right. So the exact same shoe, but with holy water from Jerusalem. And so like they're, they're known for making outrageous shoes right. that you know, that kind of like stir things up. And so this is like a unique collaboration between Lil Nas X and Mischief to, hmm. to really, you know, take admi- advantage of that market. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, there's a couple of things I think that you really hit on. One is this is obviously, this is a publicity stunt, right? Yeah. Lil Nas has dropped a new song and, and mm-hmm. he is definitely trying to get uh, a name yeah. inside the hip hop culture. He's, so this is a, a great publicity stunt because yeah. you, you hit a controversy, everybody talks about it, I mean, his video that he does has over 35 million views already in wow. the first couple of days of it being up. So, like, that was his goal. I, I also resonate with you, and, and I've got um, t- I'm around teenagers. I got two teenage sons, yep. and and the language I hear is tr- a little try hard, right? Like mm. it's 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 like yeah, we get what it is, but it feels like it's just a really big reach to make yeah. a big splash, right? Yeah. Now, here's the reality, though. It's blown up. Well, it's blown up, but I do want to talk about the reality of spirituality, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, like there is truth that we believe in our Bible that you yeah. can tie yourself to things, right? Yeah. We believe that we do believe that the spiritual realm is real, Absolutely. right? We yeah. we read about it in Ephesians. We read about several spots of the Bible where the Bible talks about like we don't battle against flesh and blood, yeah. but we battle against principalities and the spiritual force, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a reality that I think is worthwhile mentioning that, man, when you dabble with occult, yeah. when you dabble with, with demonic senses, that that you, are, you do have a, a, a possibility of opening up the door 
to these kind of influences mm. in our lives, yeah. right? So, so I understand on one side the, the massive fear and concern, right? Parents are like, man, I don't want my kids dabbling with this. I don't want my kids involved. Now, parents can take this too far. I remember back in the day, you weren't allowed to watch Pokemon because, you know, it was supposedly <laughs> going to let the devil into your life too, right? Like, but, but yeah, I mean, I have to say, man, like it, it kind of has this overtone of like, I sold my soul to the devil to make more money, mm. right? Yeah, and for sure. I don't know if that works, Right, but I do know that as a follower of Christ that believes in the mm. spiritual realm, I want to be careful about what I yeah. do attach myself to. I want to be careful about what I give authority in my life. Yeah. I want to give attention to what I put my focus and my energy thinking on mm-hmm. and, and studying and, mm. and uh, believing in, right? Yes. So I do think that there is cause for concern for parents to be like, hey, I don't want my kids to buy a pair of these shoes, mm-hmm. right? I think the bigger cause for concern is actually more looking at things like the music video and what they're Yeah, and I want to talk about the music right? video in a second because I think yeah. that that's, that's a huge piece. Um, I also want to talk, so so one of the things that, that has happened, and we talked about this, the controversy has taken place, right? Yeah. So he's done this. Obviously, the religious community has has gone crazy, right? And there's all kinds of accusations. I was reading through uh, what they call Twitter wars, uh, Twitter. Uh, people back and forth accusing himself. And he's actually like, he's he's a troll. Like he he's <laughs> mm-hmm. really powerful with the pen of just being mean, right? And so <laughs> so people are saying things, and he's like, he's going for the juggler yeah. vein and cutting them down really bad, which only just stirs it up even even more, right? The whole concept. Um, and so I've had a lot of people like, hey, like, you know, what's your position? Which is silly. Like, it's a position about shoes, right? <laughs> it's an art thing. It's not my thing. Um, but what's our position? And here's, here's what I've been blown away with is just the aggressiveness mm. of, of culture, yeah. particularly Christian culture, that's super aggressive towards these shoes and towards the music video. Mm. And so that puts me in a bit of a conundrum because on one side, I'm like, yes, I believe that I don't want to tie myself to spiritual things. I don't want to tie myself to things that don't align with the spirit of Christ, right? So yeah, having shoes that that obviously have this demonic overtone, this demonic honorage, this demonic worship, right? Yeah, that's a dangerous thing to tie yourself spiritually right. to. Well, I also have this, that you know, the Bible in Ezekiel talks about that we're supposed to actually like warn people of when they're going down wrong paths. Like mm. the Bible actually says like, like it is our responsibility to, that we're to warn the wicked of the ways of the wicked mm-hmm. to bring them to righteousness, right? Like right. we're actually called to do that. So yeah, there's this part of me like, yeah, I want to, I want to stand for truth. I, I want to be a church that stands on truth. I want to be a church that declares truth. I want to be a church that warns people of the paths that they're walking down. I want mm-hmm. to be a father, a friend, uh, that if you're going through a hard time or going on a path of destruction, that I would come alongside you and stand with yeah. you and say, hey, Here's what truth speaks. This is what truth speaks about your marriage. This is what yeah. truth speaks about sexuality. This is what truth speaks about pornography. This is what truth speaks about how to handle mm-hmm. your finances, right? You're going yeah. down a path of, of arrogance or it's all about me. And mm-hmm. truth speaks about, you know, about loving others and placing others above yourself and generosity, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to be a place that doesn't just hide away and be like, oh no, we won't touch this stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to play a place that does warn the wicked of the path that they're on and the destruction it leads to. I want to be a place that helps people mm-hmm. realize when they're walking down paths of destruction hmm. but i think it's so easy to miss that understanding of being a person a prophet who warns people or culture where they're going to being just an angry person who's shoving your aggression right towards others does that yeah. make sense yeah yeah i i think that um what has been disheartening for me 
um, watching like my friends on social media or people that I am in connection with on, on Instagram has been, there's been outrage. And I think, like you said, the whole purpose of this publicity stunt was to incite outrage. Yeah. And he was trolling. He was, he was putting out the trap waiting for Christians to bite on it. And there's a whole backstory and we can get into that, but we, we as Christians make it too easy yeah, we we make it too easy, right? Like we're really good at making enemies because we're known by what we're against rather than what we're for. Right. And so for me to see like all these these negative, you know, posts of like this is terrible, this is satanic, this is they're not wrong. There's nothing there's I don't nothing I don't mind calling up for what it is. It's when they're aggressive about him. Right. right. That that's where it's horrible. You know, they're calling out like I saw posts are like, you know, something about his father and like your mm. your father wouldn't be proud of like they, like they just mm-hmm. like go like for personal. the juggler vein and they're attacking him as a person. Like I, again, if you want to write and say, you know what, I will never buy these shoes. They're satanic and I'm not t- fine. I'm cool with that. Like I have yeah. no problem. But when you're like the guy who wrote he and you go off on him right. as an individual. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the biggest thing is that the people who are going to see you posting that you're you're saying a lot about yourself to them. So he may never see the comment that you put out. Right. The company that he collabed with may never see the comment, but your friends are going to see it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to maybe understand a little more of what you can and cannot bring up around you or what we can't talk to around you because well you're just going to be outraged. I, maybe if I did mess up, I can't bring it up to them because mm-hmm. they're just going to hate me now. Right. Well, and this, you can't, there's a backstory to this that actually makes this whole conversation even more complicated about, mm-hmm. man, when we make these stances about these shoes, it's, it bleeds into multiple other things. And, and one of the things that it is, is that Little Nos has publicly come out as a homosexual, uh, as being gay and being queer. And in that, he has actually stated that he hates the church because of the pain the church put him through. And so I just want to read a tweet that he put out to people who were attacking him. And he wrote this. He said, I spent my entire teenage years hating myself because of the, and he swears, I'll use poop, uh, you all preached what happened to me because I was gay. So I hope you're mad. Stay mad. Feel the same anger you teach us to have towards ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where this conversation gets really deep and personal mm. for me because what we have here is a, is a, a young man, an artist, um, who has been deeply hurt by the church because of his sexuality and the way the church handled that process, mm. right? And I think, I think we have a history as the church of creating cultural wars against people that don't fit into the mindset of what we feel like they should fit into or against people who aren't living to our biblical level of conviction. Mm-hmm. And instead of us being a place known for the grace, love, and mercy of Jesus, you said it, we're known more for what we're against mm-hmm. than what we stand for. Yeah. yeah, there's so much disunity within the church that we tend to like, we tend to be divided on so many issues and everything is a point of salvation. Mm-hmm. Whereas I actually think that if we focused on love and, and, and the purpose of our faith being rooted in love, yes, 
Truth is important, but truth without love is very judgmental, and love without truth is artificial. So there has to be a balance in between. I think we, you know, I I I I was actually reading this scripture the other day. You know, the the laborers, or sorry, the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. And so I've always read that through the lens of uh, we need to go out, we need to make more people disciples that are you know harvesting, right? And I wonder if 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 I I've read that differently now in that we're so busy as potential harvesters, you know, div- divided. It's like, it's like a union. Like there's so many people that are available or work or, you know, able to work, but no one's actually doing the work. Mm. Right. And yeah. it's, it's not that we're, we're, there's not enough Christians out there to reap the harvest, so to speak. It's just, we're all infighting. We're all mm. fighting amongst ourselves and no one's actually going out into the field. Right. And right. so, you know, Christ calls us to go out into the field. Yeah. That means to go out and be ambassador, not, you know, live in an insulated circle where you know everything and, you know, you've you've taught yourself up on theology. No, we're called to go out and be a representation of love. Mm. And I think we need to get back to that. I think we, yeah. as Christians, need to stop majoring on minors, stop making everything a point of salvation, and work on being a harvester, work mm-hmm. on investing in, in the people that, yeah. that need it the most and demonstrating love. I'm tired of being known for what I'm against. I'm tired of, you know, being afraid to say I'm a Christian because, you know, it has this negative connotation that I'm automatically judgmental. No, I'm, the Bible says I'm to be known by my love. That's right. They will know us through our love. Yep. Yeah. Right. I'm heartbroken because what, what people are posting on social media about mm-hmm. these shoes and about the music video are missing the reality that the LGBTQT plus community is actually championing this video because the video, the music video is about little Nas on this struggle. He actually gets called up to heaven. He rejects heaven. Mm -hmm. Then he goes down a stripper pole all the way to hell. And then he kills the devil. And he's basically like, I reject this entire philosophy Mm -hmm. of good and bad and right and wrong and heaven and hell and God and the devil. I reject it all and I'm just going to be me. I'm going to call myself by my name. I'm going to be me. And so obviously that's got tons of praise. And then if the church is then like coming out so strong and like saying these horrific things, I feel like we've done the same thing where we've created another culture war. That's right. Mm -hmm. Right? So we come up with it. I I would much rather just go, yeah, you know what? Do I think that that is right? No, I think that that video is dangerous. I think that that video has so much stuff to it. But man, does my heartbeat so broken for a guy who, when he was struggling with sexuality, mm-hmm. turned to the church and felt rejected from the church? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we dropped the ball. Yeah. I think we failed miserably in mm-hmm. that scenario as the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we went bass, you know, um, our religious, you know, one-liners, you know, scripture verse and, and mm-hmm. tag it and, and do all that, the more we only fuel the mm-hmm. hate that he has, which only inhibits him, prohibits him, sorry, from being able to actually ever engage with Christ again. Right. And as I'm writing this on my keyboard and posting it on my social media for everyone to see, the truth is those who are struggling mm-hmm. with sexuality yeah. are seeing that response from you and going, well, I'll yeah. never talk to you about it. Yeah. Or I know where you stand then. Mm-hmm. Or I guess God wouldn't love me then. There's mm-hmm. no room for me in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And, and we keep perpetuating that story mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think as a church, I mean, we value it here. We say you, this is a safe place where you can mm-hmm. wrestle what you believe. This is a place where you can belong before you believe. Why? Because we know that through proximity, through demonstrating love, we'll be able to be more of an impact, be more of a voice of hope. I, I've written this in my Bible. I want to live by faith, be known by love, and a voice of hope. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that as a That's Christ good. follower... I can I can win so many more people to Jesus mm-hmm. just through my example. So of that. that's yeah. what we say here. Like I'll tell you, I I I get all the time like oh well you you need to make a strong stance about this you got to do this. I'm like listen the, the my personal belief is man the best correction comes through relationship mm-hmm. right yeah me standing in a pulpit and screaming and, and berating people that probably most of people in my church don't struggle with that that sin anyways that, or that issue anyways because they know what type of church me doing that doesn't actually produce anything but me sitting with someone one-on-one who's struggling and walking them through the scripture loving on them caring for them telling that's powerful that's why small groups and relationship actually really really matter in this conversation but what i try to do like like people like oh well you don't preach hard on sin i'm like no i preach hard on jesus Mm -hmm. right yeah because because here's what my belief is and this this is the entire concept of how my church how, how movement church operates i believe as you read in paul i preach christ and him crucified that is what I don't come with wise words. I don't come with elegant things. I preach Christ and Him crucified, and I rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how I operate. So mm-hmm. we here at Movement Church, we preach about Christ. We preach about His resurrection power. Mm-hmm. We preach about what He did for us. We preach about His grace, His love, His mercy. We preach about these things. Why? Because that's what the Bible actually says we're to preach about. Yeah. One. Mm-hmm. That's good. And two, because if you are living in a lifestyle that is against Christ, but yet you meet Him, mm-hmm. He loves you enough that through the Holy Spirit, He will draw you unto Himself. That's right. And He will convict you of things that need to be changed. So what do I need to do? I need to introduce you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I need to introduce you how to hear his voice. And I need to encourage you to walk in obedience to what he's calling you That's to. Right. That's right. If we preach that yeah. every Sunday, year after year, year after year, year after year, mm-hmm. here's what will happen. People will meet Jesus. They'll yeah. fall in love with Jesus. They'll want to become like Jesus. They'll mm-hmm. listen to his voice and they'll be shaped and molded into the image of Christ through the conviction and power of the Holy Spirit. That's mm-hmm. good. That's how lives get changed. That's right. Mm-hmm. They don't get changed from me standing up and, and with a, what's it called, a billy bat on my soapbox and, and start screaming <laughs> yeah. and yelling about this lifestyle or that lifestyle or this TV program, these shoes, this yeah. album, this, like, it doesn't change anything. No. All it does is pit us against, create us an us versus them scenario, right. and end up creating and stirring up more hate, more controversy, and mm-hmm. more solidifies mm-hmm. those who are far from God who go, I want nothing to do with Jesus. Yeah. Wow. I think one thing that's really powerful that you said is you admitted we did a bad job yeah. as a church. We got a publicity think, issue right now. <laughs> and I think that we need that is so powerful. Like we just to admit like we need to do better that's when good. it comes to this. That's so good. Because I think a lot of people out there, you know, get the impression of the church is like well they think they're perfect or they mm-hmm. think this or they, the more that we say we messed up and we want to learn to do better. We want to hear, we want to listen. I think that will speak so powerfully to people because they'll hear that and go, "Okay, so they don't think they're perfect. Mm. They they're recognizing that, hey, they're faulted just like anybody else, right?" Justin, what would you say about um teens that you're in interaction with that maybe in the sneaker mm-hmm. culture or, you know, seeing what's happening in media? Like how are they impacted by what's happening and how the church is responding? Like yeah. what what would you see? 
I mean, yeah, that's a really great question. I think that there's a lot of Gen Z that are definitely seeing how leaders respond to those kinds of things and are wondering now and second guessing, hey, maybe I've grown up in this and loved church, but maybe some of the things I'm hearing about them are true. And I'm wondering if what can happen Mm. is they start to second guess even their own personal experiences with church based off of these voices that they hear and they go, Mm -hmm. maybe culture is right about them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where we have to be really careful to really prove it and to show it and to admit we're not perfect and we just want to try to figure this out and move forward. And we're not at war. No. no. That's right. Not with people at all. I'm so tired of the war-driven Christian that that it's like, man, we got to fight culture. We got to fight the government. We got to fight sexuality. We got to fight all mm-hmm. of these things, and it's like it's brutal, right? right? I, I I was sitting with a friend the other day who I'm really close with, who has walked away from organized religion and church, and is wrestling through what faith means for him. It's gonna be awkward because he's probably gonna be listening to the podcast and be like, "Wait a second. <laughs> um, and he said something to me about just the war culture. He's like, "You as Christ followers or Christians are are really mean." He's like, you guys fight, or in the, back in the 80s and 90s, you fought the idea of sex ed being taught in schools. Mm. You fought against sex ed. Then you fought against contraception being available to students. And then you fight against abortion. He's like, so you, you set up this horrible system where we can't mm. talk about sex, we can't teach about sex, we can't teach about anything to do, and you can't deal with it when you have it. And, you're, and if you have sex, you're a horrible person. He's like, you set up this culture that right. is brutal that actually just cuts. Whereas, man, we, we mm. need to be the ones that stand and go, yeah, you know what? Here is God's plan. Mm. God has a plan and a purpose. Mm-hmm. But here's also some ways, because if you're not going to, then here's how we can serve you. Here's how we can love you. Here's how, mm. how we can stand with you. Do we agree on abortion? No, of course we don't agree on abortion. But, mm-hmm. but you know what? We love you. We embrace you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, should you, should, yeah. You know if, should you get pregnant before marriage? You're not kicked out of the church. Right. This, is, this is home. We love you. We yeah. serve you. Mm-hmm. So it just hit me with how much we can get so fixated on the, on, mm-hmm. on, on the fight that mm. for the poor person out there who has a struggle in life, who's like, well, I didn't know where to turn for to learn about sex. Mm-hmm. I had no one speaking to me about it because it was banned and tabooed in my house and banned and tabooed in the church. Mm-hmm. And they were fighting about the, the school. I had no way to know what I could do. And now I'm pregnant. And now I have, what do we do here? Mm-hmm. We set up a really bad culture by being yeah. constantly at war. Mm-hmm. Wow. We have to drop this idea. Do we stand for truth? Yes. Mm-hmm. We need to stand for mm-hmm. truth mm-hmm. Yeah. in relationship and love. That's good. Taking a stance of love does not mean you're diluting truth, right? No. <laughs> right? You can augment truth with love, right? Yeah. You, it can be... Well, you said it. I think it was so powerful. You can't have truth. To, to just have truth and, and, and be a breath is, is hate. Just to have love and not speak truth isn't true love. Like, it's not yeah. real. Like that, that's you, right. And that's what I love about Jesus. Jesus was full truth. He's like, yeah. man, read the Beatitudes, okay? We, mm-hmm. we did a whole sermon series on it. Mm-hmm. Dude. It's heavy. It's heavy. <laughs> like, he gets into, like, adultery. He gets into, like, everything. He yeah. dives into mm-hmm. He goes, here's the standard. The standard is actually really intense. <laughs> this is truth. Mm-hmm. But then also, here's the cross. Yeah. yeah. This is love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, here's the truth. I know you probably won't live up to the truth, so I'm going to die on the cross so that you actually mm-hmm. still have access to a relationship with That's me. Good. Wow. That's yeah. good. 
and we're all mm-hmm. broken, right? We're, we're all broken. We've all had mistakes. We've all had pains or struggles. And so, you know, I, I, I love the saying that people admire your strengths, but they identify with your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so um, in, in an act of love, it's a lot easier to be vulnerable and to acknowledge that I have my own brokenness that I'm going through. So yeah. to beat someone over the head with, yeah. you know, what I know to be true, something that maybe I've gone through or, or I've learned, that's not fair. That's not fair, and that's not that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is to demonstrate love, and so that might be my encouragement for anyone who's experiencing pain or has been hurt by the church. That you know there is a community that loves you, and at the core of Christ's teaching, we are to walk and exemplify love. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. if you were to to look at the Gospels, and I, and I, I get this all the time, right? People are always like, "Well, Jeff, you know." If you're not offensive in your preaching, you're not preaching the Gospels because the Gospels are offensive by nature. I'm like, okay, Gospels are offensive by nature because Gospels do teach that you are broken, you're a sinful person, Mm -hmm. and you have need for redemption, right? So yes, to tell anyone that you're broken, no matter how moralistic their life is or not moralistic, that's offensive. But have you looked at Jesus? Mm. (laughs) Who did he offend? (laughs) Not the prostitutes, (laughs) not the tax collectors, right? Not, Not the sinners, who did he offend? The religious leaders. The religious, why? Yeah. Because he actually hung out with those who were broken, and those mm-hmm. who didn't fit the mold, those who the church had rejected. The mm-hmm. church at that time had rejected, condemned, and yeah. put off to the side. Yeah. Jesus is actually found having dinner with them. Jesus is actually found mm-hmm. hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman at a time mm-hmm. where that was so taboo. That was so, he, he couldn't have been able to ever done anything in the religious circles until he went through mm-hmm. a time of cleansing because mm-hmm. he was in her presence. And he's mm-hmm. embracing her in conversation. Mm-hmm. No, embrace he actually empowers her to be an evangelist to go and tell others the good news that jesus has come like it's just mind-blowing that man if we look at how jesus operated it was Mm -hmm. in love did he speak truth he spoke truth Mm -hmm. but with love and then he died on the cross because of the fact he knew we couldn't live up to that truth so i'm going to end with a story Mm. that i've shared before that i think is so powerful that just illustrates why this matters to me, okay? Um, For several years, I had the opportunity to be, uh, to go and do ministry at Mardi Gras, which is kind of crazy to think about, right? It's crazy. To be pastors, to go all the way down to to New Orleans, Louisiana, to to be right in the middle of Mardi Gras. And listen, like every image you have of Mardi Gras, the beads, the boobs, the everything, it gets, it's crazy. People are drunk, people are naked, it's crazy. But man, where there is so much darkness, it's beautiful to go and be a light. Mm-hmm. So I would go with students and with this team called Answering the Cries, and we'd go into the streets of Mardi Gras and meet people in these broken states where there's party all around them, but they've lot they've lived, they've they've been misplaced by their friends, they're drunk, they're hungover, they're depressed. And we come alongside and offer the, the story of Jesus. And man, mm-hmm. so many cool salvation stories. One year I was there, they put me into the homosexual district, right? So there's a whole homosexual district or, or, or LGBTQT plus district uh, at Mardi Gras. Uh, and I got to go and serve there. And what we did was we offered free water and we offered to paint everybody's nails. So we would do nails. I was slow, I was painting these people's nails. Um, <laughs> And it just created a moment for them to stop for a moment and us to engage in conversation. If you're drinking a lot of alcohol, having water is really important. And painting the nails created the opportunity just to create five minutes of conversation to see if we could create spirituality. And I'll never forget, this changed my life forever. I'm sitting at Mardi Gras and this guy comes up and he is wearing nothing but a tutu. 
So like no shirt, no underwear, nothing but the tutu. That's all he's got on. And he starts talking to me. And we're talking away and I bring up spirituality and we're talking and this is what he says to me. He goes, I'm not 100% sure I'm gay, but I really struggled with my sexuality and I went to you, to me, as the church and you guys rejected me. You made me feel like I was nothing. You made me feel like I was dirty. You made me feel like I was evil. You made me feel like God didn't love me and care about me. And I was so broken, I needed somewhere. And in my brokenness, I turned to this community, the, the LGBTQT community, and they accepted me. They loved me. And they cared for me. And then he grabbed me and he gave me a big kiss right on my cheek. And for the first time, I'm like, I understand why Amber doesn't like you know, a beard, right? And like, he just gave me this big kiss, kiss and then he walked away. And I sat on the curb on this street in Mardi Gras and I bawled and cried. Because for the first time in my life, it hit me that here was a man who by his own admission wasn't really 100% sure if he was gay. And he turned to the church for help. He turned to the church for guidance and they rejected him with their aggression and their hate and their their quick Bible verses without thinking it through. And here he was. He found love and identity and culture and acceptance in the world rather than the one spot in the world where we're supposed to have it. And that's in the arms of Jesus Christ. Right? Yeah. That's why I'm passionate about this. Mm-hmm. That's why when I see that, like, of course... No, you shouldn't buy the shoes. <laughs> you can't buy the shoes. They're sold out. But you shouldn't buy the shoes. No, you, you should not go and watch the music video. Don't encourage your kids to watch the music. It's not a good video. But I'm heartbroken for little Nas because little Nas is on a journey and he has rejected God. Yeah. because of Not because of who God was, mm-hmm. but because of how the church re- represented God. And I just don't want to be that church. I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I want to be the person that says, man, you know, no matter what your story is, no matter what your situation is, no matter what your sexuality is, no matter what your financial picture is, no matter what your race is, no matter what your family history is, I don't know what else, no matter, no matter what, no matter what, this is the house that you're loved in. Mm -hmm. This is the house that you're accepted in. And what we're going to preach is Jesus. Yeah. And our, our, our motive in loving you is that you would meet Jesus. And that as you meet him, you would want to be transformed into his likeness. Mm-hmm. And as you are on that journey, we're going to teach you to listen to his leading, which is through the Holy Spirit. And if he's upset with something in your life, the TV shows you watch, the music you listen to, all of those things, we're going to teach to listen, to walk in obedience to what he's calling you to do. Now, we're going to stand beside you in small groups mm-hmm. where you can wrestle. Like I know, Justin, you talk about stuff like this with your students. You time. talk about music. Training. We talk about, you know, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Yep. You talk about garbage in, garbage out. That's old school youth ministry, <laughs> right? Like you talk about what we feel ourselves yep. with. Like you give lessons on how to walk towards righteousness. That's right. But you're welcomed here and you're loved here. Mm-hmm. And if you've been hurt by the church, all I can say is I'm sorry. I don't think that the people who hurt you were intentionally trying to hurt you. 
I, I think that there were actually good people just misguided in how they executed it. Right. I think the people who are responding really aggressively to Little Nas on, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and whatever else you respond on, I don't think that the heartbeat is to be hurtful. I think they're just a little misguided and they're, they're trying to help. They're trying to, 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 to not empower people to walk down dangerous paths unknowingly. But the way they do it and how they do it is creating hurt. And, and I'm sorry that you've been hurt. I'm sorry you've been hurt because God loves you. We love you and you really matter to us. Any last words from you two? I think you summed it up really good. Huh? Live by faith, be known by love, be a voice of truth. That's awesome. Good. Listen, thanks so much for checking us out today and being with us on On the Couches. It means the world to us. Um, I'm sure there's going to be lots of comments already popping up in the comment section, but please, we love to hear from you. Whether you agree or disagree, you're welcome to share your opinion with us. It's okay. You can belong here long before you believe the same things as us. So we'd love to hear your opinions, love to hear your thoughts. And listen, maybe you know somebody who's been struggling and hurting and has rejected church, not because of anything other than the hurt that they felt. Would you share this with them? Would you send them this link? Let them know that we do care about them and that there's a place for them in the kingdom of God. And they're welcome to join us anytime at Movement Church. Have an awesome day. God bless.